Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Friday, February the 9th, 2024, the eve of the Chinese New Year. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, coming to you live from the Chinese capital. On today's program, it's Lunar New Year's Eve in China with the Year of the Dragon starting on Saturday. China and Singapore have enacted a mutual visa-free policy, with each allowing visits of up to 30 days. The Hamas delegation is visiting Cairo for another round of Gaza ceasefire negotiations. In business, China's efforts to optimize financial services. In sports, a closer look at the Paris 2024 Olympic medals. In culture and entertainment, spring festival celebrations around the world. Now checking the day's top stories. Well, Friday is the eve of the Chinese New Year, and people are welcoming the Year of the Lung, or the Chinese Dragon. Uh, the New Year on China's lunar calendar, also known as Spring Festival, is the most important holiday in China and is a time for family reunions. Authorities are expecting 9 billion trips during the 40-day Spring Festival travel rush period. Uh, there have been more than 100 million railway trips two weeks into Chunyun. One of the most uh, popular destinations for Chinese New Year travel this year is Harbin. The northeastern city's charmed visitors with its wintry landscape and hospitality. It received more than 3 million travelers for the January 1st New Year holiday. Transport authorities in Harbin have made preparations in anticipation of the large number of arrivals. And Chen Mengfei has more. There are so many tourists playing with ice, playing with snow, admiring these amazing icy architectures and sculptures that are definitely a sight for people who come from southern parts of China. But even if you live in northern parts of China, like Beijing, these are still amazing sites you can't see anywhere else in the world. This year, Harbin's hostel booking during Spring Festival was 37 times compared to last year. And there's no wonder because everyone you talk to, they say they're staying at this amazing hostel so that's only 200 kwai, which costs less than the ticket to here. Often when we read these news reports, there tends to be exaggeration, but it's actually not the case in Harbin. I'm talking to the barbers, I talk to the restaurant owners, and they say really they're seeing such a huge rush. And in terms of travel rush, because the authorities are expecting it, so they've added more tra- uh, railway lines from big cities like Beijing to Harbin. So if you want to join me, you can actually get a ticket. I was checking on the app. You can easily get a ticket from Beijing to Harbin because they've increased the capacity. That was Chen Mengfei reporting from Harbin. In southwestern China, there's a region that's home to more than 20 ethnic groups. A Tibetan market there is attracting crowds shopping for the Chinese New Year. Guo Tianxi takes a look. With the Spring Festival and Tibetan New Year falling on the same day, the festival vibe is already very strong. And of course, one of the most important things is shopping. Bought oranges, dragon fruit, apples. My favorite is dragon fruit. We were shopping for the new year yesterday and the day before yesterday. We have finished shopping. We bought sugar, melon seeds, and beef. <laughs> we bought about 10 pounds of beef ribs. My father is the best at picking yak meat. We are counting Tibetan. Today, thousands of yuan of meat have been sold, and it is fresh yak meat that is slaughtered and sold every day. Kangding is the intersection of Zhang, Yiqiang, and Han cultures. The festival food of different ethnic groups are accepted by each other. Peanuts and melon seeds 
are also very popular in this Tibetan style market. Tibetans love it very much because it looks very festive on the table. I'm Han. My mother-in-law is Tibetan, so we bought a lot of nuts and also yak butter lamps for the new year. For thousands of years, culture exchanges and integration continued. Different ethnic groups are influencing each other in festive costumes while passing on their sincere wishes. That was Gua Tianxi in Sichuan province. China's permanent mission to the United Nations has hosted a reception in celebration of the Spring Festival. Around 300 diplomats and representatives from different countries and international organizations attended the event. This year's festival is the first since the UN General Assembly decided to list the Chinese New Year as a UN public holiday. UNGA President Dennis Francis has taken this opportunity to wish the Chinese people good health, success, and longevity. In an exclusive interview with CGTN, he spoke about the significance of the Chinese New Year. I think it's very significant, and not just for the people of China. I think it's important for the rest of the world uh, to see a country uh, as populous as China, a leading country in the world, a leader of the United Nations, an advocate for peace and stability, deserves the recognition internationally uh, of uh, this important day on its calendar. Uh, because many of the examples that China can give to the world uh, derive from its strength, its, its great unity as a country, as a nation, and the pride and longevity of its civilization. These are important things, important values uh, that the UN stands for, cultural identity and cultural prowess. Uh, so Chinese, the Chinese Lunar New Year is in a way a China's gift to the world in celebrating life, development, success, but most of all, celebrating the welfare and well-being of people. And that was the president of the UN General Assembly on why China and its culture are important to the world. Now, the Chinese New Year is an occasion for celebrations for many people around the world, regardless of where they're from. In Los Angeles, Chinatown's abuzz with festivities, and Edith Tian Shan takes us there. Festivities are planned to ring in the Year of the Dragon. We're in Los Angeles Chinatown, which is a stone's throw from the city's civic and cultural center. It's already considered one of the most popular tourist destinations in the city. And during the Chinese New Year, Chinatown comes alive with vibrant colors, mesmerizing performances, and traditional delicacies. Many locals have already begun their shopping ahead of the festivities. Everybody is very helpful. They take you in, they give you advice. When I went looking for um, gifts for my grandchildren for the new year, all the merchants told me what I should be buying. So they're very helpful. Marking the Year of the Dragon, many streets are decorated with traditional red lanterns and banners, symbolizing luck and prosperity. This area is expected to welcome nearly 100,000 visitors in the coming weeks to participate in a series of planned celebrations that include calligraphy demonstrations, martial arts performances, and folk music. And of course, many businesses in the area are excited. Yeah, they buy all the, the, the red things, you know, for the new year. Yeah, for uh, the flowers and, uh, you know, green things, all the new things. 
the year of the dragon is significant in Chinese culture due to the dragon's revered status as a symbol of power, strength and good fortune. Many here hope and believe that it will be an auspicious time for new beginnings and achievements. And that was Edith Tianshan on the Chinese New Year in Los Angeles. The mayor of Porto in Portugal says the city is also ringing in the new year with Chinese cultural events. China and Portugal are marking 45 years of diplomatic ties in the year of the dragon. Uh, Ray Moreira says that he hopes the events help to bring Porto and the Chinese community closer. This year we celebrated once a year the, the Chinese New Year and it was a big party. We had here in the town hall where I'm sitting, we had, um, I don't know, but, but hundreds of um, Chinese residents in Porto, in the north of Portugal, with the ambassador, with um, the Kung Fu, with the dragon dance. So there is a lot of things we do together in terms of, of culture. There is a very strong relationship between the city of Porto, its business people, its community, the Chinese community, and, um, the, and China, of course. China and Portugal are already working together in electric mobility. Porto's mayor says the city looks forward to a sustainable future featuring eco-friendly transportation with help from China. All the buses we are buying now are electrical. We just bought 46 buses. Actually, they came from, from Chinese suppliers. And uh, so we are, on the one hand, transforming all the buses, which traditionally were gas oil, diesel, and uh, also natural gas, we don't want them anymore. We are concentrating a little bit like what we saw in Shenzhen. Every bus we buy now is electrical. At the same time, we have the BRT with hydrogen, and we have then the underground, which is growing again with, uh, with the Chinese supplies. The Chinese technology has been very important for us in the city, and actually it has been public tenders. So Portugal is a very open economy. We try to buy what is best and what is cheaper. So because of that, there is a full integration of, um, in, in terms of the technology developments, of we try to look at China as a, as a partner. And we, we believe also that our new companies, which are blooming in the city, they can probably, and that's another thing we have been looking into Shenzhen, they can also expand into China in terms of exchanging uh, technology developments. That was Porto Mayor Ray Marrera on the Chinese New Year and the future of transportation in his city. Coming up, China and Singapore enact a mutual visa-free policy for travelers. Hey guys, this is Gao Junya, host of Climate Watch. Hello guys, I'm your host Tian Lu with the headline news. For the year of the Chinese dragon, I would like to wish you May you have the power of the mighty and auspicious dragon in achieving your dreams and aspirations. I would like to wish you a journey filled with joy, success, and the soaring spirit of Long Teng Si Hai. May your path be illuminated by the dragon's courage and mighty strength. I wish you an abundance of good fortune and joy in the Chinese New Year. Hey guys, this is Tian Yu with the Beijing Hour. May your year of the Chinese dragon be blessed with health, wealth, and happiness. Cheers to a fantastic year ahead. 祝大家龙年大吉,诸事顺意. Twelve minutes past the hour. Singapore and China commence mutual visa-free exchanges as of Friday, allowing citizens of both countries to visit for up to 30 days. Industry experts say the move shows the depth of friendship, trust, and cooperation between the two countries. Miro Liu reports from Singapore. 
Singapore saw a 115% increase in the number of visitors last year. Amongst them, 1.4 million Chinese visited the Lion City, still lagging behind the 3.6 million records registered in 2019. Singapore Tourism Board expects the recovery to continue in 2024, driven by improved flight connectivity and the implementation of the mutual 30-day visa-free travel between China and Singapore. That's where the visa-free um, exchange definitely sends a strong signal. One, in terms of the mental block. Second, I believe there's also a, a underlying friendship between Singapore and and China, that we trust each other. We are more than friends, we're buddies. If not, you wouldn't do this visa-free, right? You only do that to people you welcome. Local businesses have rolled out the red carpet. China usually tops the chart in tourist spending in Singapore. Last year, Chinese visitors spent $2.3 billion, followed by Indonesia and Australia. They actually spend a lot for their family. Then I realized that not many people do that. So they, they, on the other hand, right, they not just spend with the family, spend for their family, they also spend like time eating together as a group. Industry expert says the visa-free scheme is equally important for Singaporeans to explore what China has to offer. The 30-day visit allows that freedom and spontaneity. Now, for Singaporeans going to China, China is a fantastic destination. It's a beautiful country with a multitude of experiences. Right, um, and multitude of, of cultures and subcultures that we can all enjoy. Industry experts find out that post-pandemic, travelers tend to stay longer in the destination and the willingness to spend, to explore, to indulge also increased. For the frequent flyers, the spontaneity the visa-free scheme offers might be just what they need to pick up the go-back. That was Miro Lu reporting. Well, China's expanded its visa-free policy in Hainan province. Starting Friday, visitors from countries including Russia, France, the United States, Brazil, Japan, and the United Arab Emirates can visit Hainan for up to 30 days for purposes uh, including business, travel, visiting relatives, medical treatment, exhibitions, and even sporting events. Uh, China offered tourists from 59 countries visa-free access to Hainan back in 2018. The National Immigration Administration says the expansion aims to advance reform and opening up across the board in Hainan province and support the construction of the Hainan Free Trade Port. A young man in Zhejiang has initiated a program called Our Happiness Project to boost rural incomes. His efforts have not only helped improve lives, but also sparked a surge in entrepreneurial spirit in villages. Zheng Tao has more. Our Happiness Project is designed to provide customized one-on-one services for villagers in their farming activities. Project founder Tsai Wenjun provides farmers with free vegetable seeds or young animals and later purchases these produce or animals from them. Mountain villages don't have sales channel and market information. Most of them have not received much education, which makes it hard for them to kickstart a business. The project can help them start their businesses without traveling outside their villages. Villages are often underdeveloped due to poor infrastructure and high logistics costs. Born and raised in Gao'er village in Jinghua, Tsai knows the predicament well. My initial intention was simply to improve rural people's income. By providing them with more support, they can earn more money. Before returning to his hometown, 
Tsai had agricultural businesses covering the whole Yangtze River Delta region in eastern China. This experience has enabled the businessman to initiate his project. In 2012, the annual per capita income of the first batch of 400 participants increased by more than 1,100 yuan, or around 155 U.S. dollars. Gaoao Village has now developed into an agricultural base with hundreds hectares of crops, fruits, and vegetables. By 2019, the sales volume of agricultural products from the village had reached 3.2 million U.S. dollars. To promote local agricultural sales, Tsai has set up specialty stores in cities and launched an official WeChat account for online orders. The project has expanded beyond the traditional agricultural sector to include homestays and some rural entertainment industries. The industrial chain of the project has expanded over the years. Our company has also benefited during the process. By the end of 2020, the number of participants in the project had exceeded 10,000, with an annual income increase of over 2 million U.S. dollars. The project is only a microcosm of Zhejiang's extensive efforts to promote rural revitalization. In 2021, authorities vowed to help foster over 100,000 entrepreneurs in villages by the end of 2026. The plan aims to improve the livelihood for over 1 million rural residents. Wu Huangjuan is the secretary general of the Agricultural Entrepreneur Development Association of Zhejiang Province. She says joint efforts from different parties are needed to realize the goal. We provide information resources to rural entrepreneurs, including favorable policies, financial support, talents, and technological information. The main purpose is to gather thousands of rural entrepreneurs into a strong force for rural revitalization. So far, the number of rural entrepreneurs in Zhejiang has surpassed 47,000. As a result, the per capita disposable income of rural residents in the province increased from around 750 U.S. dollars in 2003 to over 5,000 in 2022. For the Beijing Hour, this is Jiang Tao. Justices at the U.S. Supreme Court have met to debate whether Donald Trump should be disqualified from the 2024 presidential election. Colorado and Maine have announced their decision to remove the former president from their ballots because of Trump's attempt to undo the 2020 election results. Caroline Malone has more from outside the U.S. Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court justices spent Thursday considering whether Colorado has made the right ruling. They had decided to take Donald Trump, the Republican candidate, off the Republican ballot、uh, because they have ruled ultimately that he engaged in insurrection, and as according to the Constitution,、um, that is not something that's allowed by an officer、uh, of the United States. A lot of skepticism being expressed by the justices in the Supreme Court, including by Katanji Brown Jackson, who's the most recent member of the bench,、um, and her provisions really asking about how you define insurrection and also the implications of making a ruling to take Trump off the ballot. I'm trying to understand、yeah. the distinction between the provision in the Constitution that relates to disqualification on the basis of insurrection. Behavior、mm-hmm. and these other provisions that Justice Sotomayor points out—they all seem to me to be extant、uh, constitutional requirements. So, you, but you're drawing a distinction, right? I'm drawing a distinction because some of them are categorical, 
What do you mean by categorical? Whether or not you are an insurrectionist is or is not categorical? It is not categorical because because Congress can lift the disability by a two-thirds vote. Well, a short time after the Supreme Court stopped their um, considerations and arguments on Thursday, we actually heard from the likely Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump himself. Um, He said that it's a beautiful thing to hear the Supreme Court uh, justices considering this case, but at the same time, he considers the case to be one that is essentially against democracy. The Supreme Court um, may make a ruling in a matter of days. There is some precedence for them doing that, including a very important election case from the year 2000 when they ruled in the Bush versus Gore case that ultimately led to George W. Bush becoming the US president um, because they decided that Florida shouldn't recount their votes. So while they normally take up to three months to make a ruling, there's some serious time pressures in this case so that we could have a ruling from the Supreme Court in a matter of days. That was Caroline Malone reporting. A U.S. special counsel has decided not to press charges against President Joe Biden for mishandling classified information when he served as vice president. Report shows that Biden took the information about Afghanistan and other national security matters in 2017. Special counsel Robert Hur says reasons for not charging Biden include that the documents may have been taken to his home, which Biden had the authority to keep as vice president. Members of Biden's legal team found the papers at the office of Biden's Washington think tank, in his personal residence in Delaware. Biden cannot face federal criminal charges as a sitting president under a long-standing Justice Department policy. Coming up, a delegation from Hamas has arrived in Egypt for Gaza ceasefire talks. Happy Year of the Loan. For the Year of the Chinese Dragon, I wish you a new year filled with the strength and vitality of dragons and tigers. It's Yu Xuan from Roundtable. This is Niu Honglin from Roundtable and Takeaway Chinese. This is Zhou Fang with the Beijing Hour. I wish you Long Ma Jing Shen, Shi Ye You Cheng. May you have the energy and vitality of a dragon horse paving the way for a prosperous and successful journey ahead. May you soar to new heights and achieve great success in your career. May your journey be guided by the profound wisdom embodied by the majestic creature of the Long. 祝大家龙腾虎跃迎新春,锐气迎门福满庭。祝你生龙活虎,恭喜发财。We're at uh, 23 minutes past the hour. A Hamas delegations visited Cairo for ceasefire negotiations with mediators from Egypt and Qatar. This follows Israel's rejection of a Hamas proposal. Adel Al-Maruki has more. Delegation from Hamas headed by Khalil Al-Hayya, who is the number two uh, person in the leadership of Hamas and the main person responsible inside Gaza. Um, He has been uh, one of the leading negotiators uh, in um, the talks in Cairo that is expected to extend for 10 days. Basically what is happening is after a firm rejection to the original deal that was uh, brokered about um, or offered as an initiative two weeks ago, the Paris deal, um, through which uh, Israel and Hamas both rejected it. after also a visit by Antony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State to the region, Hamas offered an amendment um, to the agreement, basically um, saying that it wants a three phases of ceasefire, each for about 45 days, and it will release about 45 hostages in the first phase, the first 45 days of a ceasefire, that will include everyone under the age of 19, all um, seniors and all women. Uh, now, this also comes as 
earlier, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, showed um, some absolute rejection, actually, um, to the uh, Hamas initiative. So basically, the, the Cairo talks, which includes officials from Egypt, Qatar, um, Egyptian intelligence officials as well, will be talking with Hamas, trying to draft another deal that will be acceptable by Israel. That was Adele Al-Maruki reporting from Egypt. Well, Israel claims that Rafah in southern uh, Gaza is the last Hamas stronghold and is making plans for a ground operation. Israeli forces have already bombed areas in the city where over half of Gaza's population is sheltering. Elena Bekatoros with the Associated Press has more from Jerusalem. There is increasing concern about an imminent Israeli uh, incursion into Rafah. Rafah is the town in the southern Gaza Strip where more than half of the population of the territory is now sheltering. These are people who have been displaced from the north and the center and even from some parts of southern Gaza. They are all now in Rafah. This is a town that used to have a population before the war of around 280,000 people. Now there are more than a million people sheltering there. The Israeli military has said that it must pursue Hamas until it manages to uh, eliminate it and eliminate it as a threat that will n never again be able to carry out a cross-border raid like it did on October the 7th and sparked this war. Now, the problem is that the people who are sheltering in Rafah have nowhere else to go. They can't go north because of the fighting and because the roads are impassable. South, the border with Egypt is, is closed and there is just nowhere else left for them to go. The United Nations has increasingly expressed concern about this. There have been airstrikes, they have been intensive airstrikes in the area already. Now, uh, earlier, the uh, White House national security spokesman, John Kirby, has said that this is not something, if it were to happen, this is not something that you, the United States would agree to. That was AP correspondent Elena Bekatoros in Jerusalem. A volcano in Iceland has erupted for the third time since December. It's triggered the evacuation of one of the nation's biggest tourist attractions. A traveler from Canada, Mark Gibbons, said the experience was unforgettable. Woke up, jumped out of bed, uh, realized what was happening. Staff from the hotel going down the hallways, knocking on, on everyone's doors, including ours, to say, uh, we have to evacuate. And it wasn't until we kind of went down the hallway and there was a great big window um, at the end, and we saw um, the sky was all red, and it seemed very close. Uh, volcanologist Dave McGarvey says this eruption has severely disrupted the region. I think at the moment there is the a resignation, a stoical resignation, that uh, for the foreseeable future the town is basically uninhabitable. There would need to be a cessation of activity in this volcanic system, I'd have to shift somewhere else, basically. And after a period of time, they might deem it safe to go back. I think the government has, in the process of buying up everybody's houses to allow them to move on with their lives. But you've broken up an entire community by this eruption. Well, Iceland, which sits above a volcanic hotspot in the North Atlantic, averages an eruption every four or five years. Uh, local airports reported no disruptions on Thursday. Following a strong El Nino year, a U.S. government weather forecaster says La Nina could emerge in the second half of 2024. The weather pattern comes with unusually cold temperatures in the Pacific Ocean and typically uh, brings higher precipitation to Australia, Southeast Asia, India, and drier weather in America. And uh, on the contrary, the uh, current El Nino weather pattern caused hot and dry weather in Asia and heavier than usual rains in parts of the Americas. 
We're at 28 minutes past the hour. Checking the forecast ahead of the break, and uh, Beijing's down to minus 4 on Friday evening. Saturday will be sunny with the high of 7. Nanchung's down to plus 2, then it's uh, sunny with a high of 15. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad's at 4 degrees this evening. Saturday's cloudy in 21. Bientian's down to 18, then cloudy in 29. Phnom Penh's 25 overnight, then cloudy in 35. In Africa, Nairobi is getting cloudy skies and a high of 28 degrees on Saturday. Kampala is 19 overnight, then some rainfall in 27. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, it's Lunar New Year's Eve in China, with the Year of the Dragon starting on Saturday. China and Singapore have enacted a mutual visa-free policy, with each allowing visits of up to 30 days. A Hamas delegation is visiting Cairo for another round of Gaza ceasefire negotiations. Shane Begum with you. Stay with us here for the Beijing Hour. Experience the musical classics of the East. Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music talks. Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. German railway company Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. CGTN Radio. Hear the difference. I love you. 我爱你. This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you're a rookie, or a sophisticated learner, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Friday. Still to come, in business, China's efforts to optimize financial services. In sports, a closer look at the Paris 2024 Olympic medals. In culture and entertainment, spring festival celebrations around the world. To contact us, you can email radio at cgtn.com or follow our X account, formerly Twitter, at CGTN Radio. First of all, check in the day's headline news. People across China are ushering in the Chinese New Year with various celebrations. Residents in Tongli celebrate the Spring Festival with the tradition of shopping at the floating market. Vendor boats offer goods such as local wines, fish, and bouquets. On the frozen Songhua River in northeast China, people celebrate the New Year by visiting the market fair. In Shanxi, residents usher in the Year of the Chinese Dragon with culinary arts like baking steamed buns with decorative Dragon designs. In Fujian, residents in earthen buildings called Tulo decorate their homes with red lanterns and place sugar canes behind the door as a custom uh, symbolizing wealth and good fortune. 
China's Shenzhou 17 Taikonauts have greeted the country from the Tiangong Space Station on the eve of the Chinese New Year. The three-member crew has spent uh, around uh, or more than 100 days in orbit. Tong Hongbo, Tong Shengjie, and Jiang Xinlin expressed their best wishes for China and the Chinese people. In the year of the Lun, let's work hard and join hands for the development of our country. The Shenzhou 17 crew at China's space station wishes everyone a happy new year. The Chinese astronauts received New Year gifts delivered by the Tianzhou 7 cargo spacecraft last month, and they've decorated the space station with couplets to create a festive look. Diplomats and representatives at the United Nations have uh, delivered New Year's greetings to the Chinese people. China's permanent mission to the UN's held a reception celebrating Spring Festival. Very happy New Year to all Chinese people. It's a great holiday for everyone. I think the whole world knows about it. And I'm happy to join and congratulate all Chinese people on Lunar New Year. And I wholeheartedly wish to the Chinese people, sincerely and wholeheartedly, a happy Lunar New Year. On this very happy occasion of the Spring Festival and the New Year, I wish all our Chinese brothers and sisters a very happy and prosperous year and peace and security for all people. This is the first year since the UN General Assembly decided to list the Chinese New Year as a UN floating holiday. A U.S. special counsel report says President Joe Biden will not face criminal charges for his mishandling of classified documents. Biden took classified information about the U.S. war in Afghanistan and other national security matters when he left the vice presidency in 2017. But the report identified several reasons to not charge Biden and said the president was cooperative and would have been hard to convict. There's also a longstanding Justice Department policy against indicting a sitting president. U.S. Supreme Courts expressed skepticism about the efforts to exclude former President Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. Justices raised questions of whether Trump can be disqualified due to his actions following the 2020 election, ending with the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The primary concern was whether Congress needs to act before states can use a constitutional provision to bar former officeholders who engaged in insurrection from holding office again. Uh, there are are, uh, near, there, there was near consensus, rather, across the court that there were flaws in the presented arguments. The plaintiffs had hoped for a sweeping affirmation from the Supreme Court that Trump engaged in insurrection, but the justices focused on the potential legal chaos of allowing state courts to decide who can be president. Uh, the White House says it'll not support any plans by Israel for major military operations in Rafah, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, has expressed U.S. concerns about such operations. National Security Spokesperson John Kirby said that any ma uh, major military operation in Rafah at this time would be a disaster. Um, I think you all know more than a million Palestinians are are uh, sheltering in, in and around Rafa. Uh, that's where they were told to go. Uh, there's a lot of displaced people there, and the Israeli military has a special obligation as they conduct operations there or anywhere else to make sure that they're factoring in 
protection for uh, for innocent civilian life, particularly you know civilians that were were pushed into southern Gaza by operations further north, Khan Yunus and and North Gaza. Israeli planes bombed parts of the southern border city on Thursday. Residents said at least 11 people were killed in the strikes. Uh, tanks also shelled some areas in eastern Rafah, intensifying fears of an imminent ground assault. Uh, Gazans are desperately hoping for a, a ceasefire, arriving in time to head off the threatened Israeli assault on Rafah, uh, now home to over a million people, many of whom are living in makeshift tents. A United Nations committee is calling for enhanced psychosocial support for children and families in Gaza. Chairwoman Ann Skelton of the UN Child Rights Committee says many children in the territory are in dire situations. More than 10 children per day on average have lost one or both legs in Gaza since the conflict erupted four months ago. According to Save the Children, that is the figure. And UNICEF estimates that at least 17,000 children are unaccompanied or separated from their parents. And almost all of Gaza's 1.2 million children are in need of mental health and psychosocial support. A skeleton echoed UN calls for the immediate and unconditional release of Israeli hostages held in Gaza and an immediate ceasefire. She also appealed for a resumption in funding for the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees from key donors. Israel opted to suspend its participation in a regular review by the committee last month. The review has been rescheduled for September. The Economic Community of West African States will push Burkina Faso, Niger, and Mali to reconsider their decisions to quit the alliance. Nigerian Foreign Minister Yusuf Tugar warned that uh, the move could force hardships on citizens. The three countries' military leaders jointly announced in late January that they were abandoning that political and economic bloc. The bloc's Mediation and Security Council met in Abuja to discuss the issue. Russia and Ukraine have confirmed a prisoner swap, which saw 100 servicemen from each side return home. Russia says United Arab Emirates provided humanitarian mediation. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky thanked everyone involved in bringing the soldiers home. This is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital. Coming up in business, China's efforts to optimize financial services. The Beijing Hour, your window on China and the rest of the world. 38 minutes past the hour now. In business, we start with the equity markets in the Chinese mainland markets were closed due to the Chinese New Year holidays. Hong Kong shut early with the Hang Seng down by eight-tenths of a percent. In Japan, uh, the Nikkei surged around one-tenth of a percent and hit a 34-year high. A soft bank led gains in Tokyo with a 10% rise, but Nissan shares collapsed almost 12% for their largest fall in decades. People's Bank of China's pledged efforts to optimize financial services this year. Efforts will be made to establish a modern central bank system to enhance national financial capability. The central bank says financial support will be strengthened for the construction of affordable housing and public infrastructure. The bank also pledged to keep the scale of social financing and money supply in line with the targets for economic growth and price levels. The three major stock exchanges in China have released their first guidelines on corporate sustainability disclosure and started to seek public opinion. 
listed companies on the Shanghai Stock Exchange and the Shenzhen Stock Exchange are required to publish their 2025 sustainability reports before May in 2026. The total capitalization of the companies accounted for over half of the entire market. In meantime, companies listed on the Beijing Stock Exchange, generally small and medium-sized innovative enterprises, can issue voluntary disclosures. The exchanges said they'll hear and study suggestions from market participants on the guidelines. More new energy vehicles are on the road during this year's Spring Festival travel rush in China. Figures show that uh, the charging volume of NEVs in highway service areas hit over 34 million kilowatt hours nationwide, and that's up 60% from last year. During this year's travel rush, around 40% of all highway charging stations across the country have been running at full capacity. In normal times, the number is only around 10%. Demand for pet care is surging amid the Spring Festival holiday. Lei Shiran takes a look. More and more people in China are looking to pets for companionship. And so there's a booming market in services to ensure their furry friends have every possible comfort. Preparing fresh water and food, doing the cleaning, interacting with them, these are what pet sitters like Gu Jun do every day. During this holiday season, he'll make more than 10 home visits a day. Many clients also send detailed instructions on just how their pets should be pampered. I have been doing the job since 2015. At that time, I only received four to five orders a day. But later we see growing devotion of pet owners to their furry friends. They are more concerned about their pet's comfort. So I have more clients, nearly 100 now. The growing demand for pet sitters during the holidays is mainly from pet owners who plan trips or return to their hometowns to be with family. We young pet owners have more demand for the services. We don't have other family members here, so we need sitters to take care of our puppies during the holiday. The costs are based on the number of pets and how long it will take. We have ordered a five-day pet sitting service starting from February 10th. To deal with the growing demand, many pet care service providers are hiring more part-time sitters and even offering them special training. Many clever businesses are offering more holiday-related for pets-only food as well. And a long line of special treats are expected to hit the shelves in pet stores. More people now consider their pets to be family members. They become more willing to celebrate the holidays with the little ones. So we launched this gift box for this spring festival and is getting good feedback. It's not just food. Niche pet toys and other supplies like holiday-related clothes are also available. According to researcher Roland Berger, the number of pet owners in the country has already exceeded 100 million, with over 70% of them born in the 1980s and 90s. And they are very willing to spend the money to keep their furry friends happy, especially on the holidays. That was Lei Shuran reporting. A Portuguese ambassador to China, Paulo Jorge Nascimento, says the Belt and Road Initiative offers an important platform for deepening international cooperation. Initiatives like the Belt and Road Initiative or other initiatives that exist might be important elements for deepening uh, international cooperation to look and to handle uh, pressing challenges uh, that are also common challenges, uh, not to say the least climate change, but also biodiversity, for instance, or energy transition.
Well, he also says there is huge potential for both countries to further enhance bilateral cooperation in various sectors, including tourism. A China-funded highway improvement project has opened to traffic in Jamaica. The 17-kilometer highway from Harborview to Yalis Bridge in St. Thomas is the first China-Jamaica collaborative project uh, since the Caribbean nation took part in the Belt and Road Initiative in 2019. Jamaican Prime Minister Andrew Holness says the project will create a significant number of employment opportunities. This road that we are building here is an important closing of the circle. The road to development begins with a road. Uh, the project's valued at $380 million U.S. million, with 85% of loans provided by the Export-Import Bank of China. Uh, the forest fires that have ripped through central Chile have dealt a heavy blow to the tourism sector in Vina del Mar, popular resort city along the Pacific coast. Local restaurant owner Guillermo Zuniga says restaurants and hotels are mostly empty due to air pollution in the wake of the fires. Some of our peers saw sales plummet by 70 to 80 percent due to the state of emergency following the fires. We hope the business will pick up in the next week or two. Well, the fires, which started last Friday, have burned several thousand hectares in Valparaiso alone. You are listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up in sports, we take a closer look at the Paris 2024 Olympic medals. Hey everyone, Jason Smith here, host of The Bridge. Hey guys, this is He Yang with Roundtable. This is Xu Yawen with World Today. May the year of the Chinese dragon bring you a tide of strength, success, and good fortune. May you be great and unstoppable as a dragon soaring through the oceans. And I want to wish you, your families, and loved ones good luck, happiness, and prosperity in the new year. I would like to wish you and may you achieve great success in your endeavors. Happy Chinese New Year! Hey, this is Ding Han from World Today. Hello, this is Guo Yan from the Beijing Hour. For the year of the Chinese dragon in 2024, wishing you success in everything you do in the year of the dragon. Long Yan Da Ji, Wan Shi Shen Yi. Hello, I'm Jane with Takeaway Chinese. May the year of the Chinese dragon bring you boundless opportunities and amazing achievements in your career. Zhu Nin Long Yan Da Ji, Xi Qi Yang Yang. I would like to wish you. May this auspicious year bring you abundant opportunities to realize your dreams and showcase your talents. Happy Chinese New Year! At 46 past the hour now, turning to sports, and here's Li Yunqi. Thank you, Shane. Organizers have unveiled the medals to be awarded at this year's Paralympics and Paralympics. The medals feature a hexagon-shaped piece of iron taken from the Eiffel Tower in their center. Paris 2024 Organizing Committee President Donnie S. Donga says they want to make these objects unique and singular. We are very proud to, uh, to have this uh, very strong message to offer uh, to all the athletes, medalists in, in Paris, uh, to get uh, us back home. Uh, an original uh, piece of uh, Eiffel Tower, so it's a, it's a fantastic combination uh, to have uh, an Olympic medal, but also uh, the, the, the symbol of France 
the Eiffel Tower uh, present in the middle. On the medal, the 18-gram original iron of the Eiffel Tower is cut into a hexagon. Having been stripped of its Eiffel Tower brown paint, the puddled iron has been restored to its original color. The Paris Mint is manufacturing more than 5,000 medals. The Paris Olympics will take place between July 26th and August 11th, followed by the Paralympics from August 28th to September 8th. In football, France, Italy, Belgium, and Israel have been drawn together in a tough group for the men's UEFA Nations League that starts in September. Nations League champion Spain was drawn in a group with Denmark, plus Switzerland and Serbia. Euro 2024 host Germany is in a group with the Netherlands, Hungary, and Bosnia-Herzegovina. Croatia was top-seeded in a group with Portugal, Poland, and Scotland. Group stage games in all four tiers are played from September to November. In top-tier League A, the top two teams in each group advance to the quarterfinals in March 2025. The semifinals and the final are a mini-tournament hosted by one of the competing countries. The Chinese Football Association has released the schedule for the 2024 Chinese Super League, with a new season kicking off on March 1. 16 clubs will play 240 matches in 30 rounds. Shanghai Port will take on Wuhan Three Towns in the opening round, and Shanghai Shenhua will play Meizhou Hakka. And in tennis, China's Zhang Zhizhen has advanced to the quarterfinals of the Marseille Open. He beat number seven seed Felix Auger Aliassin 6-4, 6-4. The Chinese player will next take on third seed Karen Kachanov. Hubert Harkach also reached the quarterfinals after defeating Alexander Shevchenko in straight sets. In the NBA, the Denver Nuggets snapped the Los Angeles Lakers' three-game winning streak with a 114-106 victory. Jamal Murray scored 29 points, and Michael Porter Jr. added 27. Nikola Djokovic had 24 points for the Nuggets, who opened a three-game road trip with a third straight win and eighth in 10 games. Anthony Davis scored 32 points, and LeBron James had 25 for the Lakers, whose longest winning streak since the in-season tournament ended in their first game back from an encouraging six-game road trip. And elsewhere, Stephen Curry scored 29 of his 42 points in the first half in the Golden State Warriors' 131-109 victory over the Indiana Pacers. Curry had a season-high 11 three-pointers on 16 attempts and had his fifth 40-point game of the season. The Warriors have won three straights and went 4-1 on a five-game trip. Pascal Siakam had 16 points and eight rebounds for Indiana. The San Francisco 49ers worked out again on Thursday before Sunday's Super Bowl battle. Head coach Hal Shanahan says they are all well prepared. Uh, yeah, usually Super Bowl practices are, you know, they're great. Guys、um, got a lot of natural energy. They're all really excited for the moment on Sunday, and guys just want、um, they want every opportunity to go through that, so they're as prepared as well as they can be when you get to Sunday. 49er linebacker Fred Warner also has high expectations. Yeah, it was always bittersweet for both those games, you know, because obviously you're so happy and excited that you won the game and you're able to advance and doing the things necessary to win the game, but also knowing that that's not our standard, you know, for defensive play. That ever since I've been here, that's something that's been a point of emphasis. I think we obviously have to play our best game going into this going into this game、uh, to have a chance to to win it all. You know, we've been trying to shore things up and making sure we're preparing as hard as we can. 
San Francisco is making its eighth Super Bowl appearance, tied for the second most ever, and is seeking its record-tying sixth championship. The 49ers lost their two previous trips in 2019 and 2012 seasons, and haven't won it all since 1994. 24-year-old Brock Purdy is set to become the third youngest quarterback ever to start a Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs also practiced at the Raiders' headquarters in Nevada. Wide receiver Rasheed Rice was listed as a limited participant after suffering an ankle injury. The Chiefs are slight underdogs ahead of Sunday's showdown with the San Francisco 49ers as they seek back-to-back Super Bowls. And in golf, Satith Tigala shot a six under 65 to take the early lead in the first round of the Phoenix Open. It was delayed due to rain as a chilly morning gave away to wind and heavy rain that left pools of water on the greens. About half of the field was able to finish following the delay, leaving the rest to return to resume their first rounds. Tigala returned to sink a body pot on the par four sixth hole. Through the bag, I hit. I did something good with every club. It felt like so. It was a great feeling. Made the short putts when I needed to. Obviously, chipping in is always nice. Ball in hand is is big. I think it makes at least a shot difference, especially with the conditions being a little wet. It's nice to give yourself a nice lie when you're in the fairway. Don't have to worry about fatting it. Yeah, really happy with the start. His closest pursuer was Andrew Novak, who was five under through nine holes. And last, China's Yang Hao and Lian Junjie have clinched their third consecutive World Aquatics Championships title in the men's 10-meter synchronized diving event in Doha. The duo secured the gold medal with a score of over 470 points. Tom Daly and Noah Williams of Britain claimed the silver medal, and a pair from Ukraine secured the bronze. Right, thank you very much. That was Li Yunchi with sports. Coming up in culture and entertainment, spring festival celebrations around the world. Hi, this is Li Yunchi with the podcast Deep Dive. Hello, everyone. This is Zhao Ying with World Today. As the Chinese saying goes, "Xiao Long De Yun Yu, Zhong Fei Chi Zhong Wu." I wish the year of the Chinese dragon brings you strength, courage, and fiery passion to guide your path in 2024. I wish you 鱼跃龙门，大展宏图 May the year of the Chinese dragon bring you strength and a bright future. Hi there, this is Yang Guang with the sideline story. As we usher in the year of the Chinese dragon, allow me to extend to you my best wishes for happiness, cheerfulness, and success. It's 54 past the hour now. Turning to culture and entertainment, and as Chinese people hold various activities to welcome the Spring Festival all across the country, those who are living in other parts of the world are also celebrating. In Cape Town, South Africa, the Chinese group is awaiting、uh, the special occasion. Chinese supermarkets are stocked up with treats. Julie Shire joins the fun. The year of the dragon brings with it the excitement and anticipation of a new beginning. There's a special atmosphere in the air. People are joyful, keeping cherished traditions alive. Hello Asia, one of Cape Town's favorite Chinese supermarkets, is the place to be. Hello Monica. How Hi are you? Julia. How are you? How are you? How are you? I'm good.、Well? Good. Yeah, yeah. Happy Chinese New Year. 新年快乐。啊，龙年快乐。龙年快乐。So first of first, I need to buy some decorations for my house. The Latin, the red Latin, is definite. You know, we call it Latin is red in Chinese. Called Hong Hong Huo Huo means like a fire. You know, a new year, your fire means you're full of passion, and、uh, we're gonna buy a few, put outside the door, inside the house. Means the new year, we're gonna get a big, happy fortune. 
Being far away from family hasn't dampened Monica's spirit or her friend's desire to enjoy Chinese New Year traditions. You are so far away from China and you yes. can still find all of this. Yeah, yes. I'm in Cape Town seven years, very far from my family. I miss my mom and dad, but I'm, I'm very proud of being a Chinese because the Chinese culture, Chinese tradition is so special in my blood. And I'm so happy to celebrate the New Year in Cape Town with my dear friends as well. Families are coming together for lavish feasts and heartfelt reunions. Cape Town's Chinese community may be small, but its bond is as strong as family. My favorite part of our Chinese traditional festival is about like how the family just come together and then we just hang around and then say the new wishes. I have lived in South Africa for more than 10 years. It's my 11th year in South Africa. It is but different to celebrate New Year's outside of the mainland, but it's still the same because we are celebrate with the families and friends in South Africa. As the new year begins, tradition resonates in the hearts of Cape Town's Chinese community, reaffirming the strength of their bonds and the richness of their cultural heritage. That was Julie Shire in Cape Town, South Africa. In Uganda, the Chinese community is also organizing a festival dedicated to the Chinese New Year. Michael Blake has more about how the celebration is bringing people together through food, music, and art. Marking the Year of the Long, also known as the Year of the Chinese Dragon. And the festival here in Kampala showcased Chinese culture and traditions, while also highlighting the interactions between the people of China and Uganda. All kinds of Chinese-made products were on display here. They included heavy machinery, household items, and different cuisines. Some of them, rare traditional dishes of meats to vegetables. What we are making here is the most popular noodle in China. It's called the Luo Sifen. That's basically where I'm from. Different performances graced the stage, from music and dance by children and adults both Chinese and Ugandans. Some Ugandans wore traditional Chinese outfits to blend in. I always uh, like to collaborate as an artist because art is a universal language. In fact, when we talk about art, then there are no boundaries, no countries, no races, just uh, a way to communicate and be able to exchange dialogues and conversations. China has a long history of understanding civilization and documentation. It's a Chinese celebration, but it has attracted a lot of Ugandans, Indians, and many others from all walks of life. They are here to eat, drink, and dance, but above all, celebrate China. And that was Michael Blake on Chinese New Year celebrations in Uganda. And we're at 58 past the hour, checking the forecast before we go on this spring festival. Eve, Beijing's down to minus 4 on Friday evening. Saturday is sunny with a high of plus 7. On Nanchang's 2 tonight, tomorrow's sunny and 15. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad will be down to 4 this evening, then cloudy and 21 on Saturday. Bientian's at 18 overnight, then some clouds and 29. Phnom Penh is at 25 overnight, then cloudy and 35. That's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news today, it's Lunar New Year's Eve in China with the Year of the Dragon starting on Saturday. And on behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital. Hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together. Takeaway Chinese. 
where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. Take away Chinese. We will promise you a difference. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Roundtable. 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 Connecting China and the world. We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day. Tune in to Roundtable, where the East meets the West, and understanding is the goal. From north to south, east to west, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. 